Hello, and welcome back to NRI Women, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. Each week, we bring you stories of incredible women from different walks of life, and we hope you're inspired, learn something new, or find comfort knowing that there are others just like you. I'm Nanora. And I'm Bettina. And this episode is brought to you by Mehta Jewelry. Mehta Jewelry has been in the heart of Chennai City since 1911. For over a century, they have been handcrafting jewels for people from Chennai, Hyderabad, Tokyo, USA, Dubai, and everywhere else. They specialize in diamond jewelry, using only the diamonds with maximum brilliance. They recreate antique designs with contemporary twists under the brand name Recollection. Their combination of handcrafting and technology ensures beautiful bridal jewelry and jewelry that you would love to wear on your special evenings out. Check out their exclusive website mentioned on the NRI Woman podcast show notes or our NRI Woman Facebook page. Every NRI Woman referral is entitled to an exclusive 10% discount on diamonds and a range of other exciting offers. And don't forget to share your contact details at the bottom of their webpage to redeem their offers. Water is the most important natural resource in the world. Without it, life cannot exist. For those of us blessed with access to clean water and sanitation, it's not something we give much thought to. But millions across the world do not have access to water. It is estimated that by 2025, about 25% of the world's population, or 1.8 billion people, will live in water-stressed areas. Marita Peters, our guest today, is keenly working towards reducing that number. She's the executive director of the UAE chapter of Surge, a non-profit organization that invests in communities to bring safe water, sanitation, and hygiene solutions to help end the cycle of poverty. Shilpa Alba founded Surge in 2008 after she spent a few months on a volunteer assignment in Rajgarh, a remote Indian village, where she was confronted with water and sanitation issues for the first time as an adult. Shilpa didn't know then that this would lead to a fulfilling, long-life dream she had with her friend Marita, whom she's known since they were eight years old. Shilpa likes to remind me that when we were in the last couple of years of school, we spent a lot of time together. We had this dream where we, would, we said we would open an orphanage together. And somehow in the vision, it was decided that I would stay and run the orphanage, that particular one. And Shilpa, and so these are, this, is, this is the dream of a 14, 15, 16 year old children, right? And Shilpa would travel the world opening orphanages. It gives me goosebumps to think about it because if you look at the way our lives are today at the age of 40, we're nearly 40, that's exactly what ended up happening in in our life paths. I got married young for this generation and I live in Dubai and I have two children. And, and in Shopa's case, she, again, just the way her life turned out, she's single. And I always explain by saying that Serge is her husband and her children and everything. It really is. It's her baby. Both Shilpa and Marita shared similar lives growing up. They were NRI kids who mostly visited India only during the holidays. These trips revealed a life that was alien to what they knew. 
So I have very fond memories of my grandparents' apartment and playing in the building. But I also remember how we had to collect water in the buckets because there would be a shutdown of water. And when we had a bath, my grandmother would heat a kettle in the kitchen and we learned how to mix the water. And I mean, I was coming from having I'm an expat child out and out. But so having coming from Oman first and then the UAE, running water my whole life, uninterrupted electricity my whole life. I think the the more things you're introduced to the younger you are, you don't get upset about them. You you just you have that still that pure curiosity. So we always so boat shop and I had a very similar experience from that point of view. And somewhere I believe as we were developing we we said this is not right and when I grow up I want to do something about this. So I was very keen on doing social work and doing humanitarian work from a very young age as was Shopa. The fact that not everyone has access to running water 24/7 stayed with both of them. On trips to India, Shopa saw children her age fetch water from the nearest source for their family instead of playing. She knew at 7 years old that it didn't seem right. She knew right then that she wanted to make a difference. She didn't know how though. The Rajkar trip changed that. Shilpa was forced to save the little water they had access to, showering once in 4 days, flushing the toilet sparingly, even washing their clothes in the murky water. It was through this experience that she realized that it was her responsibility to make a difference, and providing clean water to those who did not have access was her way of making a lasting impact. Serge realized early on that merely focusing on providing access to clean water was not enough. When you don't have access to safe drinking water, you get sick. And I also just want to bring up sanitation because sometimes people don't understand the link between safe drinking water. More people understand that oh my gosh, we can't live without drinking water. But then when we but we're very very clear and even the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, goal 6 is safe water and sanitation because sanitation is not is having access to a toilet basically. And the reason the two are so linked is when in these village situations that I just described, if you don't have toilets and when i say toilets in our villages in africa and even in the philippines we're talking about latrines we're not even talking about flushable toilets i mean that's fancy uh, so when i'm i'm talking about a way to contain human excrement because if you have open defecation and now when you think about nature as i was describing really living with the land and talking about all the seasons when you have the monsoon season all of that excrement just floods into all the nearest water sources and you get really 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 critical illnesses if you've got contaminated water sources and that is why water and sanitation just go hand in hand beyond the health and safety benefits that access to clean water and sanitation brings there is a clear economic impact too water brings food to the table and money in the bank According to search in Africa alone women spend over 40 billion hours a year collecting water keeping them away from earning a livelihood and caring for their families and data has shown that for every $1 invested in improved water and sanitation returns 4 to $12 in economic gains sanitation as well and clean safe drinking water they're basic human rights you know so that these are these are things that and then coming back to your earlier question of how does it bring to do with the economics of it if you're sick you can't go to work 
as an adult. You can't farm your your land, which is feeding your family, which is also what you're going to be selling at the market. If you're sick, children can't go to school to get that education, which is also a vital cog in ending the cycle of poverty. And if the water source is really far away, you, so now your bore your borehole is broken. So the one that was a kilometer away, which is already horrifying, you now have to walk six kilometers instead. So imagine all that loss of time, and this job generally falls on children and women, right? So that's why you'll see that a lot of Surge's work also focuses on women and girls because it's an empowerment towards women and girls because the job of fetching the water often is falling on children and then the women in the family. So due to all of these reasons, there's so much loss um, of income in a household from being sick, from having to walk for water, from missing school, from not being able to derive an income because you're sick. So when you can fix the water source and when you can give people toilets, that's just call it that instead of being fancy and saying sanitation you give people toilets then you really start to affect many facets of their life at one time the team at surge are proud of what they do their philosophy is to bring solutions that respect both people and the planet they work together with local partners to design and implement the right solutions using local products in country expertise and customized education programs to ensure the longevity of their solutions through mindful planning and implementation and cabromaito a district of about 236000 people in eastern uganda exemplifies the surge way of working So what we found in Cabramido is a lot of really amazing people, quite a few engineer and not a lot of engineers but they're educated people and strong people, people with will and determination but really just living at that level, that poverty level where they just don't have the means to buy new pipes to fix a broken well, not that they don't know how, that they don't want to but just really struggling to look after their own families manage to put children to school because you're talking about pure village life capromaido i should also mention is off grid so no running water electricity so true 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 village life it's the closest experience i've had to village life you know a collection of mud houses and really people living completely you know walking to the water source agricultural so i'm i'm sure very similar to villages in india and other parts of the world but really very much living in harmony with the land when the sun goes down it's lights out and the sun comes up that's when the day begins so really living very much with the natural rhythms but thanks to climate change and all the bigger factors happening around the world experiencing a lot more drought now so their crops are at risk and of course having large families so eight children is the average and then just not being able to put children through school and scraping by to put a meal on the table so when you think about fixing a broken borehole a bore pump or often the water source so that is one of the water sources in Cambromaida Uganda it will be a borehole where you've seen them in India you put your bucket and you pump 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 they use jerry cans um so that the yellow jerry can is very symbolic of the way water is fetched in Africa as a whole and certainly in Uganda Cambromaida and then the other source of water that we commonly find is what i would refer to simply as a swamp so this is where there is natural groundwater coming up from the ground but 
It's it's an infested swamp. Everyone's it's a free for all. The cattle are drinking from it. The humans are drinking from it. At dusk, the mosquitoes are swarming. So you know it's really not pleasant. Definitely not portable. And so then what we find is so there's water, but they're unable to convert this swamp into a protected water source. That's where we come in. So the funds we raise go towards being able to hire people to do the work, to have the engineer and to buy the material. So to fix a broken borehole, you just really need new pipes and not it's not really rocket science, but yeah, you just you need to be able to pay for the material. So search as we never come in and say we're the experts because we work in the Philippines. We did this in the Philippines and it worked. We did this and we have all of that knowledge, but we look at the entire situation. We very much work with the district officials, take their permission, work with the tribal elders. You know, it's very important for us that the community feel responsible and feel empowered because that's what we do in search. We just want to empower people to be able to lead a better life. Fresh water is the planet's greatest gift and it's finite. While providing fresh water access to those who don't have it is essential, it is equally critical for those who do have access to clean water to preserve and use this precious resource thoughtfully. Do you know what your own personal water footprint is? Or what the definition is? So often a child will tell us, step in water and I make a footprint. And some children will say, well, maybe it's all the water I drink. And so that's half the answer. Yes, it is all the visible water that you consume, not just by drinking, of course, the water you shower with, the water you drink, cook with, use in your garden, but it's also all the invisible water that goes into the production of stuff that you use. So your water footprint is the water that's in your laptop and your phone and that it took to produce your food, that it's in your clothes right now. So that's a really wonderful concept for everyone. I mean, children and adults, schools and corporates alike to understand that we each have a personal water footprint and to start to look at how you live your life to see the more stuff you own you have a huge water footprint the more meat you eat yes i'm bringing this up you're going to have a huge water footprint and then if you start to put that information into the knowing and the understanding that we live in a connected world where what we do here absolutely affects someone on the other side of the planet and vice versa then you really can start to take and i feel i feel like again that's very empowering and especially for children because this doesn't require you to be an adult to have a job to have money this is not about donating this is becoming aware of what you are doing on a daily basis the choices that you are making on a daily basis so that you can consume less in this instance specifically to do with water you know we we all know about consumerism and materialism but just think about when you when you think about that top that word materialism water is an absolute the production of absolutely every material good the butterfly effect is an idea that a small change can make much bigger changes happen one small incident can have a big impact on the future and marita believes that each of us can make a difference by reducing our water footprint I guess for me personally the biggest way to to be impactful off your water consumption is the amount of stuff you own so you know we live in a culture where we're constantly being sold stuff right the latest model of a phone a car brands when it comes to clothes so to really take that idea of minimalism and 
really sit with it and really understand that it's it's, it's really a way to take a stand. And on the side of finances, it's going to save you a whole lot of money whilst really waking up to the fact that we don't need stuff and the production of that stuff is taking up all our natural resources that we do need so in addition to the production stuff using loads of water of course it uses electricity and it uses natural resources so i would i would say to really be mindful of how much you consume there is much we can do if we really raise our levels of awareness there's much we can do no matter how busy you are or whether you don't have money to donate there's so much you can do because every dirham or dollar you spend on a particular product okay to a brand sends a message back up the chain right to the top that i'm buying this i am a consumer of this so really think about that and really look at the brands whether it's food or whether it's clothing or whether it's cars really look at what how ethical is that brand and consume less Most of us get so caught up in work, family, relationships, pleasing other people and technology that often we put things we want to do or that brings us joy on the back burner because there isn't enough time. Marita knows from her own experience that if one genuinely intends it, things have a way of working out. When you decide to do something like this, it's never you as an individual. You may be but a channel and then if you really put your energy on it you have your family and then you have what i call what we call surge angels and when we say surge angels it really is some people by religion call it miracles things that happen that you couldn't possibly dream of but because you put your intention and you put your whole will truly on this particular thing then all kinds of doors open and windows open and everything everything happens and you find energy that you didn't know you had you find hours in the day that you didn't know you had or you were possibly using it scrolling social media before but really if you're able to live more of your life on the wide view perspective of what's going on in your daily life i promise you the same life you lead now will change instantly it's all about our individual perspective of life because we are We're creating our own lives in every moment that we live it. Ain't that the truth? Imagine the world if we all lived intentionally and created the lives we want to live. Then perhaps we would all be happier and content. I hope that we as a species, the human race, remembers who we are and why we came here to this planet, why we incarnated into these lives. and to really treat each other with kindness and compassion and empathy because i feel like we're in this life and it's a connected that's i think that's the deepest thing that resonates with me that really deep understanding or feel or knowing or feeling that we are, we live we're living in a connected connected life and that we're in this life together with all other living beings and organisms so not just humans but everyone the trees the plants the animals and i would like to say and i would highly encourage myself and others to take all your decisions from that platform knowing that if everything you do affects everyone human every life form around you then how would you live your life 
The search team with Shilpa and Marita have impacted the lives of over a million people over the past 10 years. The author Andy Andrews said, You've been created in order that you might make a difference. You have within you the power to change the world. Marita has recognized that power, even embraced it. So here's hoping each one of us finds that power within to make this world a better place. I'm Lenora. And I'm Bettina. Thank you for joining us today and we hope you'll join us again for our episode next week. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. You can support us by supporting our sponsor. Go to nriwoman.com, click on the link in the show notes and fill in the information to receive exclusive offers from Mehta Jewelry only for NRI Woman listeners. We'd love to hear from you. Share with us what you liked, loved, or didn't about this episode. Email us at hello at nrwoman.com. Please help us spread the stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Our featured fellow podcaster is the Brook Reading Podcast. Brooke from Scotch Plains, New York. Discussions range from reviews to rant, fiction to feminism, and so much more. If you love reading, this is the podcast for you. Her podcast can be found on any listening platform or wherever you listen to our podcast. Do you read books? Do you live by small bodies of water surrounded by trees and other wildlife? Is that geese shit? If the answer to any of these questions is yes... You have found a home here at the Brook Reading Podcast. Each week, I read a book while nestled in my small New Jersey apartment and gaze out the window at a brook. Then I jump online, talk about it, ask for your opinions, and bitch about something for approximately five minutes. If you would like to join this madness, check out the Brook Reading Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or on the Radio Public app. Let's step into some animal feces together. This episode was edited by Eric Heidbreder. NRI Woman episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. Uh, today, I am so much more compassionate, even though, like I mentioned, that anger still comes to me. I'm able to type through it very easily. My intuition has increased a thousandfold. You know, Bettina and Nenora, like I, I offer one-on-one -on -one healing sessions with people and I'm sitting in front of them and I start receiving information about their past. People whom I've never met, people whom I've never seen, people whom I've never known. And I always ask, how the hell is this information coming to me? Because I'll always pose the question like, is this happening or did this happen to you or did this? And they're like, how do you know?